Welcome to EU Code Week podcasts. We bring coding, computational thinking, robotics, and innovation closer to you, your community, and your school. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in for another EU Code Week podcast episode. We are your hosts, Eugenia Casariego and Arjana Vlasic. As part of the EU Code Week team, we are here to share with you best ideas, best practices, and best initiatives and activities to help schools and teachers with their digital transformation. This time, we prepared an array of coding and tech-related topics, including learning how to code through coding activities, future classrooms, and we are also going to touch on remote learning and what we can do to make it better. And answering our questions will be sample forced from Future Classroom Lab Ambassador at the University of Eastern Finland, class teacher and teacher training. Good morning, Sampo. Can you introduce yourself in more detail to our listeners and what you're currently working in? So good morning, Eugenia and Ariana and all the listeners. It's been honored to be part of this podcast. So as mentioned, my name is Sampo and I work at the teacher training school here at the University of Eastern Finland. My responsibilities are I'm a lecturer and, and teacher trainer, but um, lately I've been more involved in, let's say, network and, and that kind of uh, project leads. So more to do with the development of uh, education and such. Uh, I have some ICT responsibilities at our school and our school consists of about 1,400 students and we have about 140 teachers. So it's the biggest teacher training facility in Finland. I also work as a project manager for the teacher training schools of Finland and the teacher training schools are parts of the universities and we have 10 of them in, in Finland. So that's one of my, let's say, things to do. And also, as mentioned, I am the Finnish lead ambassador for the FCL network and it's a great joy to be part in this European network and um, I get to represent Finland uh, in the educational events which Schoolnet for us provides. Thank you, Sampo. So obviously you have been involved in so many different educational projects. Let us ask you first for more information about one of those future classrooms. Can you give us more details about it? Does a future classroom lab look different? Are the teaching methods different? And what does it mean? What does a future classroom actually mean? Let's say future classroom labs all over Europe are very different and we share common goals. But uh, for example, our labs in Finland are at the teacher training schools and we have the possibility to work with both the children and the teachers of the future. So the teacher students come work with us. And of course, we're involved in professional development as well. So our mission is to develop learning environments. There's a strong like zone idea behind that, you know, the learners and us teachers as well should have a lot of affordances. So so the physical space should make things possible, not restrict. And this is, in a sense, both to teaching and the ways of learning. So how we can make the physical spaces better for learning. And we all know that learning has changed during the years. And if it hasn't, it should change. So it's not just uh, sitting by your desk and learning by yourself. So the physical space should have a lot of uh, affordances within. Of course, we also promote educational technology. So we pilot and test and try to make like good ways of using technology 
technology to enhance learning. We do some cooperation with companies and such, and uh, of course, uh, try to build models that are good and share best practices. There are differences. Some might be with the ministries of uh, education. Some might be in, in, in normal schools. And of course, the levels where we work are a bit different and, and the goals we have. But I guess what all labs, future classroom labs share is the love for developing things. It's quite a big umbrella. You know, under that, there are a lot of things that can be included. Pedagogical models, uh, learning landscapes, cooperation with companies, uh, research possibilities and such. So I guess it's it's not easy to uh, define what a, what a future classroom lab is, but I guess it's a place for making learning and teaching better. And we share that passion all people who are involved in the FCL network. On the other part, of course, if the physical space and the pedagogies we as teachers use allow us to be active, allow us to be immersed in learning, allow us to have hands-on activities, allow us to cooperate and, and of course, communicate on many levels. Uh, it helps in building let's say, deeper and better learning. So if we're able to, let's say, like bring the Fullens, Michael Fullens six global competencies for deep learning into the learning, then, you know, we're sure that the learning can be better. And the more we are to do with our senses in the learning processes, the best, it's like the easiest way to bring better learning for the students. And of course, it has to have purpose and value and such. So I guess that's that's the answer for that. In Kodavik, as, as you know, we, we try to promote um, the teaching and the learning, of course, of coding. And so I was wondering, is um, coding part of the hands-on activities you do at the FCL? And uh, what advice, if you have any, would you have to give to pupils or teachers who want to start teaching or learning programming or coding? Well, I guess the biggest advice would be just to start. We have to be brave. We have to be able to put down the obstacles. You know, we as uh, teachers might think that if I am not an expert in this, that can be an obstacle for me because, you know, I'm not sure of the outcomes and such. I'll just put my hands up and say, no, it's a bit too difficult. So in that sense, just the bravery of starting to learn with the students. The teacher doesn't have to be an expert in everything. They can also be like a, a person walking along the path and making it possible for the children. And, and luckily, the technology or the platforms we use for coding, they're really user friendly. So my advice would be find the information, get started and enjoy, because that's at least what children do. And when the children are enjoying themselves, the teachers are usually doing that as well. And of course, once you have a bit of experience, then it's really easy to combine coding and, and programming and, and computational thinking into like broader entities so you can bring it into your teaching. So it's not something that, okay, now we'll code and it has nothing to do with other things we do at school or other things we are looking to learn. So it has to be part of the whole thing and just be brave, get started. And that's all you need. Indeed, coding can be implemented in any subject. And I, I've also seen that uh, pupils love it when they study something else and they study through coding and programming. What is your advice for pupils? How should teachers encourage pupils 
to start learning coding because, you know, there's always been this gap, especially with girls who don't feel like this is their field. So how can teachers encourage all students to give it a try? Well, of course, the teacher's part when we're choosing the materials and such is is of importance that, you know, it has to be motivational to the children. The level of activities or technology has to be suitable for the age groups and such. And of course, there's a lot of information on that and you can find projects and such from from the manufacturer's pages. But of course, we work usually in groups and, and that's that's fun to do. And, and of course, like stories behind coding. So let's say we are trying to teach the basic concepts of coding, programming, different things. You know, we put it into a story and, and make it like a trip to the zoo. And then, you know, it's much more easy. Usually the children are really motivated into using or into learning coding. There's a risk of over-motivation than not getting the kids motivated. So that's something you have to look out for as a teacher. But working together, working in groups, giving them a possibility to have an impact on what they're doing. So it's not just working with the instructions. Once you have the technology settled, giving them a possibility to bring their own spices to the soup, that gives a possibility to boost creativity and such. And and those are important goals. Indeed, students have a lot of different ideas and if we let them express what they want to create, then uh, the results will be amazing, I'm sure. I would also uh, like to mention that, as you know, Code Week encourages robotics and the introduction of robotics in schools. And for our listeners, I would like to remind them that Code Week website offers a lot of different ideas, especially learning bits that they can use to integrate activities related to robotics in their classroom so that they actively engage students in the learning process. Sample, what is the best approach to introduce students to robotics? Well, I guess shortly it would be just to make it possible because if that's done, then I'm sure everything will just go along smoothly. Sadly, in the schools, at least from my experience, it's that there is a bunch of active teachers who are involved in this kind of things. And then let's say the robots and and coding sets and such might be in a cupboard somewhere and then they're used like a few times a year. But, you know, if, if we had the space and the possibilities for the children to see the activities during their school day, what other peers are doing and such, you know, then they would ask the teachers that why don't we use this kind of thing? So so just make it visible, make it possible and, and of course accessible to all learners. And, and of course we as uh, teachers uh, or maybe the ones who are more experienced, if we're able to share our expertise, if the school has a way of making it possible for more experienced teachers to come and join, let's say the beginning phases of of when we're taking the technology into the classroom. So, so building, let's say, models for boosting that kind of possibility. So those are important as well. You mentioned the point to make it accessible. And very often when we talk about robotics in the classroom, we think, oh, this is going to cost money or um, may the school have the funding or the resources to do that. So how to make robotics accessible? Is there, for example, another approach? Well, of course, uh, there are lots and lots of uh, free activities and, and Code Week is a great example of that. You know, they have a lot of things you can do. And, and a lot of information you can follow and, and find great things. 
What I like with the kids is that they have a possibility for hands-on activities. So it's coding is not just done with, let's say, computers or, or iPads and such. So, But the amount of technologies needed is, is not very high. And I just heard yesterday from a colleague of mine that, let's say, the parents of the schools, they provided the school with some sets. So if there's a will, you know, there's a way to find the funding. And, and of course, they cost a little bit and it's not something that, you know, the quality depends on how much equipment you have at school, because quite often it's it's the case that, okay, you might have like one kind of technology, but you're actively thinking what are the best beneficial ways of using this technology. And that, of course, it can be quite good. There are many, many, let's say, companies providing us with materials, but some are good, some are bad. So, so just trying to learn from each other's experiences is really important. Indeed. And so for our listeners, um, just a small tips and recommendations, but there are indeed ways to introduce robotics that are affordable and inclusive, such as, for example, the micro bit that we work quite often with in Codweek. And that's, for example, one concrete tip that you can follow. But you mentioned, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. Why do you think then it's important to introduce robotics in the classroom? And what would you say to many of our audience are teachers? So what would you say to these teachers who our listener, um, why should they encourage the pursuit of robotics, even if it's just at classroom level or at school level, not necessarily career level? Well, of course, if we think about society, you know, it's more and more technological. We have to open our eyes to the technology we see around us. Usually we keep our eyes shut. We only notice it when something doesn't work. You walk into a room, you press the light switch no lights, you turn the water tap on, there's no water or there's no hot water. Then you start thinking about this or my iPhone or my phone doesn't work and it's not connecting to, let's say, somewhere or an application is not working. So, of course, it is important for us as teachers, as educators, to open the children's eyes to the society that they live in, but also the society of their future. That's not an easy picture to paint. But anyhow, we know what kind of skills they will need and coding and robotics is something that, you know, the computational thinking and the cooperation and class, that kind of, uh, you know, the wide range of competencies uh, that you use when you're doing projects with coding are really essential to the future skills of the children. And also it is important for them to gain experiences with the use of technology and learning with technology, because if you don't have experience, then it's not that easy to build your critical thinking skills. So you might be, you know, that this is overwhelming and, and it's, it's good for everyone. But if you have like personal experience of the thing, then you're able to also think more critically about that kind of things. So it's about familiarizing the students with it, just giving them a head start instead of them facing it later on. Yeah. Yes. The pandemic has definitely brought a lot of challenges, not only into our lives, but our classrooms. But as you mentioned, we have been able, teachers have been able to find solutions and it's great to hear that some of these new learnings, such as uh, the importance of well-being, will be implemented and integrated in our everyday work. Thank you for this sample. I would like to ask you if you could give us an idea of a practical activity that uh, teachers can bring to the classroom, something that you have always wanted to put into your classroom. You know, what I would like to see being done is, okay, we're having technology as part 
of the whole. As Ariana, you mentioned that uh, it is easy to combine coding with uh, all subjects. So it could be, let's say, an entity to do with sustainable development. Let's say if I have an example of cleaning of water or the cleaning of trash when spring comes under the snow is a lot of trash. So, you know, we could have like if, if we had a group from from Greece or, or from Spain and from Finland, we could have a look at, let's say, trash issue in our city or close to our school. And we could give them a coding exercise that, you know, they would have to build a trash cleaning machine to help in this kind of uh, sense. You know, they would be creative. And of course, you know, you could have the brainstorming that if anything was possible, what would the machine look like? And then, you know, if we had some kind of technology technology that let's say with Legos or, or micro bits or, or something that, you know, uh, if we were able to add motors and, and such to that kind of technology that um, they would actually build that kind of things. So there would be cooperation between, of course, the students in the class, but also we could share the process along the way with uh, our peers from, from different countries and, and learn about, of course, the society and have actual discussions with the kids and of course us as teachers so you know there are networks and, and possibilities for that and and that's something we should look more into as we talk about the learning of the future so you know it's it's possible for six-year-olds or ten-year-olds to act on a global scale of course it's not everything shouldn't be done like that but you know at least have a possibility every now and then to cooperate with great let's say partners from from wherever because that's possible Sampo, so a lot of our listeners here are surely curious about education in Finland because for such a long time we've put Finnish education system, you know, as the example, right? And so tell us a little bit more about where is Finland at regarding digital transformation? How important, for example, is coding, since it's the topic of codebooks, how important is coding for a school curriculum and are there any activities which you would highlight, for example, any recent development that have happened in, in the school or school curricula in, in Finland in those areas? Yes, in Finland, we've had, let's say on a primary level since 2016, coding in, in our curriculum. It is included in the mathematics parts of the curriculum, but it's not something that just the mathematics teachers should do. And as mentioned before, it is easily integrated into different subjects and, and it being part of a wider entity is, is something that, of course, brings more meaning and, and such to the learning. So that something we we need to look at coding in the high school level upper secondary school being because it's more of a subject based for for classroom teachers who teach all subjects then it's more easily integrated but one challenge is how do we get the other teachers besides mathematicians in the upper secondary level to get into coding and and of course physics teachers is one group that you know we can work with but of course there is a challenge of inequality in in the Finnish schools also we Finnish teachers have a lot of Uh, let's say autonomy in our work uh, so we're able to choose with what kind of technologies and, and such we work with and of course if we're not that interested in coding or hands-on activities it might be that the children are not even though it's of course the curriculum is something we all, all need to follow but you know there are the mandatory coding exercises are can be found in the mathematic books but to bring it onto a different level of course needs to have the wills and skills of teachers teachers at a certain level. And that is, of course, one challenge that we also face. How, if I, I provide professional development courses, how do I get colleagues involved in these? Because now we have an over, overflow of, uh, let's say, webinars and, and such, and, and 
many of us spend the whole day with the computers. And, and now if we are not able to organize face-to-face hands-on sessions, it's not fun teaching colleagues through the screen without the hands-on activities. So hopefully we're able to put that back into the, let's say, normal professional development. And that's at least something that we're looking forward to. One area working at the teacher education sector is the teachers of the future, how we can get them involved. What are the responsibilities of the university or whatever level the teacher education is at at in your country? How do we get them involved? What are the possibilities? And of course, also the attitudes. We might think that new generation is more interested in technological things and, and using technology for education, but that might not always be the case. So they might even be like a bit more, let's say, old fashioned than uh, us middle aged teachers. So so that's that's a challenge we face. Of course, an inequality of, uh, of the schools of Finland is like one of the most equal societies in the world. But even though, you know, there are still schools that do not have enough, let's say, devices, if you have the possibility to have one-to-one devices for for learning, of course, it makes many things easier. So what we're working on on a national level is strategies and giving tools to the teachers to help them be better at at coding and, and such. What lessons are to be learned from this? What improvements are needed to make sure the educational system can cope with future challenges? You know, the wills and skills, that's something I find a bit of a challenge. How we can get everyone involved? What are the structures within our educational systems that make it possible for teachers to be part of the change? Because, you know, the teachers are under a lot of lot of stress and, and you know, everyone is working really hard and, and you know, some use the 24 hours of of the day almost to be a teacher. So I guess also the well-being of the teachers is something we have to look into with a very high demand and, and attitude. Um, so thank you, Sampo. This was very interesting as well. And, I, and I'm sure as well for our listeners to get these concrete tips and ideas. I think if I need to summarize it, well, we've touched a lot of topics. What are we going to learn after lockdowns and from digital education? And then we've narrowed it down as well to, to what's going on right now in Finland. And so there's a few things, of course, well, many that have stayed with me. I think one thing you mentioned at the beginning, Sampo, that I really like is that learning should change and it should change as well together with technology or supported by technology so i appreciate that but one topic as well that we touch upon today or subtopic so to say it's the the question of accessibility and equality and how they should be in the minds of educators but as well of teacher trainers and we've also mentioned and the topic of how to bring robotics and coding into the classroom and i one thing you mentioned um, is that it's, it's important to just start but as well to enjoy it and i think it's a great people great advice to just keep in mind for our listeners that just uh, it's a matter of you know doing the first step and just trying to enjoy it um, through the learning process I absolutely agree have fun while learning and also what is important is that teachers should be brave this is a piece of advice for our listeners be brave give it a try 
you don't have to be an ICT teacher to bring coding activities to your classroom. So just do it and make your teaching and make your students learning visible and collaborate with your peers. That's a great, I think, way to, to highlight and to summarize it, Ariana. And now, Sampo, back to you. Is there something you would like to add, a final advice to our listeners, a final point you would like to make? I would just like to thank for this opportunity. And I guess one thing we, you know, we could be better at as teachers is sharing our knowledge with, with our peers. So being active in, in that kind of sense also, not, not just working alone, but what brings more quality and, of course, more well-being into our, our jobs is is if we're able to share the things we, we daily do. And, and this is something that we probably all can be a little bit better at, as well as enhancing the, let's say, peer learning within the classes. So using the best knowledge that we have in the classrooms and in our schools and share share that kind of uh, activity. So that's, that's something that hopefully we'll see more in the future at, at schools. It's been a real pleasure having you here today. And I'm sure our listeners feel the same. Good luck with all your current and future projects. And we look forward to having you back someday for a new Code Week podcast episode. Thank you very much. And congratulations to the Code Week for 10 years of excellent work. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in for this episode. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Your hosts, Ariana and Eugenia, will be uh, here next time with new conversation topics regarding coding and everything digital. And as always, listeners, um, check out the website codevic.eu for tutorials, materials and resources about coding, robotics, and as well, tinkering and making, which we've talked about today. Um, don't forget that many of these materials are translated into 29 languages including Finnish so it's a great way to um, to get started into this fantastic world of technology so thank you listeners and goodbye goodbye bye bye